and welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. Today, I am your host, Brendan, Mr. Fantastic, coming to you seven days later from recording last. One full week. One week, baby. And with us, as not always, is not the ghost of Ian. He is still not here two weeks His in a row. His plane crashed over the Atlantic, and he's fending for his life in the middle of the ocean on a seat with an air floaty. On- Rumor has it, he gave up the door for Leonardo DiCaprio. True Funny story. how that works. Funny how that works. It's all coming back for Leo. Full you circle, know, baby. <laughs> and Leo, Leo deserves it. Because honestly, whose life is more important? I was just going to say, if I had the choice to save Leonardo DiCaprio or Ian, <laughs> Ian's going. Uh, you know that voice. You love that voice. It's the slick black Cadillac. And he's wearing a snapback. He's sniffing a number two pencil, but he's number one in all of our hearts. It's Kyle. With a gay. Kyle. With a gay. Hello, hello. It's been one week. I'm refreshed. I've had. It's a been lot one week since you looked at me. It's been oh, it's been. <laughs> um, I'm doing great, Brendan. How are you? I'm good and not at all as drunk and or a little bit drunker as I was for the last what's in the box we did. Or definitely not at all a little salty that Mitch didn't join us on this episode. Mitch, like, no salt at all. I, how about for every one minute? Of the runtime of the movie we watched, which was one hour and 20 minutes, we get to give Mitch one spank. One lashing. <laughs> so yeah, no, Mitch, I don't the spank. Mitch, you got 80 spanks coming your way. 80 that, spanks. And uh, we'll say they expire within a year. So we have a year to give Mitch 80 spankings. I like it. Awesome. Uh, what have, uh, what have you, uh, you been up to? Anything interesting? Um, so I got a new Apple video player, an Apple TV thing, 4K, as you know, because I'm Here a resolution comes guy. The money. I'm a money resolution guy. Um, so I downloaded the Arrow app. I downloaded my Criterion app. Blah blah blah. But I did watch a um, slasher called Blood Rage, and it was a lot of fun. I thought the kills were really really cool, really interesting. The story is paper thin, so don't go to yeah. it for the story. But um, the kills are really neat. The soundtrack is fucking amazing it's like it competes with like with goblin on our like argento films dude it's so good um so shout out to blood rage if you want to buy it physically it's got a cool arrow video release yes it does or you just pay it's one of the only few thanksgiving horror movies it is thanksgiving yeah i forgot to mention that too yeah so i might just make it an annual thanksgiving thing because i i did enjoy it i did enjoy it um, but other than that, uh, just been playing games. I'm waiting for Final Fantasy 16, honestly. I haven't started anything really except for Killer Frequency, which we did an episode on seven whole days ago. And uh, that game was a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm just waiting for FF16. I took a four day weekend off for that game. I'm going to do nothing but shut myself in and play that game. So. Is, uh, is that the one that's two discs? I saw you guys talking in the Discord about. One of the Final Fantasy games is two discs. 
No, so Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is going to be two discs. So gotcha. That's coming out like next year, but sixteen is like the main installment, like the next main installment one, and uh, gotcha. that comes out in like a week or two. So very exciting. So you got a you got a got a little uh, big thing coming up for you. Big things I, in the works. I got a big thing in my pants thinking about it too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Brandon, uh, how have you been? Sora is Final Fan. No, no, Sora is um King Mars. Oh. <clears throat> <Forgive> me. <clears throat> uh what have I been up to? Uh so by the time this episode comes out, this is going to be very old news, but I just wanted to to take a second to talk about it. Um I went to the uh, New York premiere of Brooklyn 45. Um, writer, director Ted Gagan um, invited me. Uh, there was a Q&A with um, two of the actors, as well as a third actor by the name of God himself. Uh, Muhammad, as they say in some religions. Um, Allah, as they say in others. Uh, Larry Fessenden. I got to have three drinks with my number one idol uh and even uh uh the uh the curator for shutter was there and he bought me a drink so i had a drink on mm. shutter's dime you thank go. you myself that was not my a own sponsor money. not a sponsor uh no dude it was uh one of the highlights of my life i love brooklyn 45 it's on shutter now actually mm. um i it it Currently, it's sitting at like a four out of five skulls on Shutter, and it's still uh, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm, I'm very happy for Ted. It's an excellent film. Uh, but just being able to to sit down and have a drink with Ted, and then move to the next table and have a drink with the uh, guy that started Fangoria Magazine. Um, what, what I I actually I didn't even mean to turn into this, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to brown nose a little bit. What I appreciate about Ted Gagan is how he's someone who's technically made it. He's made three budgeted feature films. Uh, his first one, We Are Still Here, with Larry Fessenden. His second one, Mohawk, was great. His third one now is a Shutter original. Um, by all definitions of it, he is famous. Um, he is uh, he's commercially successful. And he surrounds himself, like I said, with the curator of Shudder. He's best friends with Larry Fessenden. Joe Lynch, uh, uh, the guy who wrote and directed Mayhem and Nights of Badassdom. Uh, Joe Lynch stayed on his, is staying on his couch this week for the Tribeca Film Festival. I mean, the man is important in horror. But the amount of little people, like nothing people like me, that he knows. When he saw me at the premiere, he came up and gave me a hug. And he asked where Lucy was, and he was bummed that she wasn't there. Like, the amount of just normal people that he treats exactly the same as Larry Fessenden, it's just like, it. I am honored to, like, to know someone like that. Like, he's just, he's so fucking down to earth. I'm so happy for the success that he has. He's the people's people in horror. Yes. Community. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive. And I wish more film, I, I know a lot of independent filmmakers are like that, but I wish more filmmakers were, were as, as nice and kind and thoughtful as he was, but go check out his movie on, on shutter. It's got Larry Fessenden. What more could you want? I just wish more people were like that in general, but yeah, honestly, dude. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, need I, 
Dude, the world's going to shit. It is. I plan on watching that film, though. I, I booted up Shudder uh, to watch the film we're covering today. Saw it right front and center. Mm, that made, and was, made me so happy when I, I pulled it up. I to Dom, and I was like, hey, hey, that's Larry Pesci. That's the guy that, uh, you know, that Brendan had a drink with and stuff. And she was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And so, yeah, no, uh, we're excited to watch it. We're going to probably check it out either tomorrow or next weekend. So Nice. And I'm curious to, I think I've said, I've said this, I think, two different times, but it's not a Shudder movie. Like when you think of the Shutter crowd, you think of the Joe Bob Briggs crowd, right? Um, and I love them; I'm part of that crowd. But it's not that type of film. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, when I was talking with Ted, he was a little bit worried about how the Shutter crowd might take it. But to still see it at a four out of five skulls, I, it, he is, I'm blown away. Yeah, because even um, like the film we're covering today, which is a Shutter exclusive, is at three out of five. So which that also surprised me a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we're gonna have to get into it. But uh, also, real quick, before we before we jump off, and I'm not stalling because I don't have a lot to say about this movie because I don't understand it. Um, I I've been living in hell the past week. You you probably saw it all over the news. Um, and again, this is old news when this episode comes out. But the Canadian wildfires, man, those turned my life into a literal realm from the video game remnant from the ashes the sky was blood orange haze everywhere i had to wear two masks outside and i still couldn't breathe that shit was a real life fucking horror movie man yeah it looks like mad max fury road <laughs> like that is such, that's, like, that's such a better example i couldn't think of a good example but that's dude the best it looks one. like fury road during like a dust storm out there yeah, it's insane. Thankfully, things have calmed down. Our our air quality is back to a 54 out of 500, but holy shit, man, I thought the world was ending. And the fire's still going on. Yeah, that so, shit's insane. So, uh, I was going to get into a little bit about the Canadian government there, but I think uh, I think we should move on. Uh, just, just buckle that one back in, you know, I'm just... Gonna- Sit, sit that one back in the chair. Put your arms up. Kick your legs. You know, kick your feet up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. But uh, today we are talking about the film sequence break, and I think I think we should get into a little bit of a fear facts. Wait, no, we don't do the echo. I like how you did the echo though. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Sequence Break is a Shudder original starring Chase Williamson and Fabian Therese. I'm probably mispronouncing that. T-H-E-R-E-S-E. I tried. Um, well, I couldn't find uh, a budget for this film, it's uh, fairly clear that this is a micro-budget film. Uh, Sequence Break is written and directed by Graham Skipper. Now, uh, Graham Skipper may have written and directed this film, but the majority of people know him as an actor. Uh, from from acting in Shutter originals like Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, Downrange, and Carnage Park, to films like The Leech, which you can stream on Arrow Video Player. And I highly recommend it. Super fun Christmas movie. Uh, and a film that some of our listeners might be a little bit aware about because we got an episode on it, and that's Christmas Bloody Christmas. Um, Graham Skipper has also been in every Joe Bagos film, by the way. Uh, he would even go on to act in a, in 2011 in Stuart Gordon's staged production of Reanimator, where he played Herbert West. 
and I would kill to get my hands on a copy of that. Um, Shudder would take a chance on Skipper's second feature film, hoping it would connect with their audience. Uh, the blend of techno horror and body horror would uh, would sit sour with audiences as it reached a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, and as Kyle said earlier, a three out of five skulls on Shudder, which is that's still that's higher than average. So I think that's that's fair. Um, but uh, Sequence Break would hit its stride with critics, sitting at a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with the critics. Um, this film is an ambitious film for the filmmaker and the cast as well. Did it work for the ruminations of Red Rum cast? Let's find out and talk about Sequence Break. Shit, dude, I just got rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> shit my pants. So I just shit my actual pants. Um, let's just jump right in. Okay, so first of yeah. all, we got some horror alumni in here, right? We got Fabian Therese. Therese sorry if I kind of butchered her name, but she's in uh, Southbound. Love her. Um, she's a great actress, and she's a little bit of a smoke show. Sorry. Um, there's also um, Lyle Canoose, which uh, he produced Bliss, which is a movie that we covered on this this film or this cast this film um but yeah no which so like, scapers also win. you know there's there's a lot of crossover going on so i guess i'll go first since you're hosting right uh, could i also just say uh fabian threes uh her and chase williamston co-starred in the adapted film John Dies at the End with Paul Giamatti, mm. which is ba- the book is absolutely spectacular. The movie's decent as well. It's a magnet film, which you all know how I love my magnet movies. Yeah, um, me too. And Chase Williamson was actually the one that got her the role in this movie because they vibed so well on set of John Dies at the End. He talked Graham Skipper into um, auditioning her for the part. And I think she did incredible. So yeah, she's great. I love her she's as so an actress, hot. and I she is a smoke. She's house. unconventionally un, unconventionally yes. hot, and she's just she, is it she's because great. she's such a nerd? Uh huh. Wait, what? She's is is she so hot because she's such a nerd? I don't know her on a personal level, so I can't. No, no I, I mean can't. in the movie. Oh, in the movie. No, <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think it's that. I just think that she comes off very um like she doesn't come off. Like she's acting, she comes off genuine, and she just seems like down to earth and chill, and non judgmental. Like everything you want in a girl, you know what I mean. But <laughs> nice um, to you, or uh, just a person in general. Yeah, she gives just, like, you a decent kisses, person. You know, yeah, yeah, she just makes you feel great. You know. <laughs> but uh, uh, initial thoughts and where'd you watch it? You said already, but thoughts. Yeah, so I watched it on Shutter on my new Apple TV 4K, Ooh. and um, okay, so I'm gonna get into it. I didn't like this film. Um, I thought the pacing of it was fine. I just thought it was overall a little boring. Now, there were moments in the film where I'm like, am I just not sophisticated enough to understand this film? Am I just not... Am I a fucking idiot, dude? Like, am I a moron, right? And the more I watched it, the less I felt that way, and the more I... Maybe it was like a defense mechanism, but I kind of to like, I kind of started to like be like, maybe this guy writing isn't as sophisticated as he thinks it is like maybe he was trying too hard right so i kind of got in like defense mode while i was watching it and it almost made me unenjoy the film or not enjoy the film but that's like a me problem right so after the film was over the shutter app has like a director's commentary on it 
Which I, I, I should have watched that, and I would have got so much like, more information. I watched the first 10 minutes, which kind of gave me a glimpse of what he was going for. So, which was different, because you sent me a text saying, like, maybe you guys can, like, find, like, a hidden meaning in this, because I feel like there's, it's trying to say something. But yeah, so, I, I'm uh, like I'm not. I feel like I'm not smart enough, right? Or I'm completely missing something that's so obvious. So before I watched the commentary on it, I put on my stretchy pants. I put on my Mister Fantastic uniform, and I was gonna go for a reach, right? Like I was trying to see how far I can get, how stretchy I can get. And what I the conclusion that I came to before hearing what he he was planning on doing with this was that it's kind of. Um, a whole metaphor for like it's never too late to do what you want kind of thing or hit the reset button at any time the white dot in the screen is the light at the end of the tunnel like chase that white light chase like the positive outcome you can obtain if you try kind of thing um and when he says i can't remember what he says exactly but he says like read between the the like the one code or like read between like he was basically explaining from what i understood is like life is full of like black and whites like there's a gray area that you could walk and like you don't have to like you're not always going to be good or bad or make the right decisions it's just like you got to walk the gray line and kind of go in between um that's that's i wish i remembered the exact line because it makes more sense if i say that line but oh wait holy shit Okay, that makes the ending make so much more sense when you get the red screen on the left, which are the bad choices, the blue screen on the right, which are the right choices, and he goes back and technically takes, I guess you could say technically takes the middle line. You choose your path. And the old man, I don't know if it was actually supposed to be him. I can check the cast credits. I don't... No, no. It just says the man. So what I interpreted was that was him in a alternate future. That was the guy. That's what he was going to turn into because he became obsessed with one specific thing that he couldn't understand. Right. And so hitting the reset button was like him basically coming back and saying like, dude, you always have a choice. Like, and it's never too late. Like, don't think it's like too late to change like your ending, your outcome, just your outlook on life, anything, right? So like, that's the interpretation that I came up with when watching the film. Sorry, now we're just kind of going into it. I haven't even gotten into no, your thoughts no, yet. No, that's fine. But um, then I watched the commentary. And the first 10 minutes, the director pretty much says like, yeah, this whole thing is based off of an urban legend about an actual arcade that, machine that killing know, somebody. Yeah. And I was the, like, oh. The, uh, fuck, I even looked it up. Uh, the, um, I'm forgetting the name now. Yeah, so it's all based off of an urban legend. And then he's like, yeah, so I pretty much was fascinated by this urban legend. And then I watched Cronenberg's uh, Videodrome and it inspired me to make this urban legend into a body horror film. And then I wrote the screenplay in like, like snap amount of time and kind of just put it together. And then I was kind of like a little underwhelmed by the way he was explaining it in the commentary. But like, maybe that's how, I don't know, that's how I interpreted it. But like, it seemed very like thrown together in his mind, the way he was explaining it. Granted, See, I didn't listen to the whole commentary, so it could have gone a million different other ways. So I'm sorry, but... 
I don't know. It gave me a bad taste in my mouth, dude, if I'm being honest. See, that makes me like it more because mm. he's describing in the commentary at any point in your life, you can do something that you've wanted to do, but you've been too afraid to do it. He watches a movie, gets and 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 is obsessed with and aware of this this urban legend and he's like i'm gonna write a script he writes a script gets it made by shutter see but that's not the commentary he's going for that's the commentary that i thought of oh that's right. what you thought of yeah oh. oh yeah that's the commentary that i thought of so like that's what i thought the movie was about but in reality it was just about an urban legend killing arcade machine but couldn't you make an argument that your commentary because I think when Brandon, it comes to film, where did you watch it? What did you think about the film? And then we'll get into your next question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I watched it on shutter. Uh, if there is a physical copy, I'm not aware of, but if there is, I would totally buy it. I, that's something I should have looked up. Um, I love Grant's Graham Skipper. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love everything that he acts in. Um, I reviewed the leech for, uh, for horror obsessive. Uh, cause Arrow Video sent it to us, and it is unlike any role he's ever been in before. So if you like him as an actor, please go check it out, because it's really good. Uh, I really like this movie, but I don't know why I like it. I think it's because I'm obsessed with body horror. Every single script that I've written has been a body horror script. It's my favorite subgenre to fuck around with, because uh, I, I'm definitely afraid of, of tooth horror. And I like to explore the ideas of tooth horror. And I figure if it fucks with me, it's going to fuck with someone else. And um, <clears throat> so anything body horror, I'm down for. I, again, like I was saying, I, I don't understand this movie. And I feel like there is something more than he's trying to say than this is Videodrome meets Urban Legend. Maybe he's not. Maybe... In, and that might be an issue where sort of horror kind of uh, some of the best horrors like Night of the Living Dead, Get Out. Um, a lot of these amazing horror films have something to say. They have a commentary behind them. But horror movies don't always need commentary, I think. And after I, after I, I texted you that I hope either you or Mitch kind of figured out what this movie meant, I thought maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's about a sentient uh, or possessed uh, game deck that gets put into a machine and a man who's very unhappy with his life gets another chance. He sees both sides of the aisle and takes more of a middle route between them. Maybe that's just all the movie is. And the more I think about it, the more I'm okay with that. Because he sees the good that he can have in, have in his life by meeting this girl. Uh, now that the shop is going out of business, he can move on with his life because he felt confined to this shop, either out of lack of ambition or being scared to fail. So that whole conversation, even though I was misinterpreting you for, for half of everything you just said, um, I kind of am going to go with the idea of he was shown what could be, what could be was taken away from him. And he's now given the red pill or the blue pill. 
and he takes the pill that's not offered to him. And uh, I, the more I think about that, the more I like the film, even though I still feel like there's things I'm missing about it. Same, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy it. And I think Chase, Chase Williamson is a really good actor. I just want to say that I'm glad that the theory that you're running with that, you, that makes you enjoy this film is my fantastic stretch. I just want you to know that. That's my reach. My reach <laughs> is, the, is the theory that you're adopting, and I love that. <laughs> when I, I think that's why it's, that's why it's good. I, that's why I really like how we can talk about films. Everything, art is, I don't mean to get like, uh, art is subjective. And if there's something that you're predisposed to not like, you're probably not going to like it. If you're predisposed to like it, you're probably going to like it. This is something that I was, that it was set in stone. It's Graham Skipper. It's Chase Williamson. It's body horror. I'm going to like it. And I like it visually. But there was that that aspect of it that I just couldn't wrap my head around in just hearing what what you have to say. It puts it in a perspective for me where I can say, I'm not faking when I say I like it. That gives me a reason to that gives me the glue to say I like it. And it's because it's um it shows you that it's never too and I'm just gonna mirror what you said but it shows you that it's never too late in life to try what you want to do and that's why i like this film on top of the body horror and everything so yeah it's really weird how like dark and confusing this movie was but yet what i took from it was like a lot of hope like it's it's not something i would have expected to take from it based on like the first half of the film but yeah i left the like my impressions of the film at the end, like when the credits were rolling, were way more like hopeful than like dreadful. And I didn't picture that happening based on the way like the second half was ending. But it also could be a commentary about alcoholism. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I didn't even write too many notes for this movie because every time I watch it, I can't help but be intrigued. But uh, one of my notes just says, them come scenes. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the, the entirety of the, the entirety of this film. Is I mean, the only argument you could make is the video games, uh, but I'm sure I. But whatever. Um, the entirety of the horror of this film is practical. Uh, how did you feel about? So there's maybe like four or five nightmare sequences, I guess you could call them, or or uh, dystopian sequences, since it's technically in the future. Um, how did you feel about the 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 practical effects in those those uh, those nightmare scenes behind it? I thought the ones specifically with like the controls of the machine were very like they made me very uncomfortable like watching it. Like, and usually that doesn't happen, but like, no, yeah, like just the way that uh, I don't know. I like I thought it looked good. I thought it looked great. Um, there wasn't a lot, in my opinion, as far as like, um, the, like there wasn't a lot of body horror stuff, really. I mean, if you count like the stuff that was on the machine, then I guess it could be interpreted as like, you know, hands, flesh, nipples, things that he's touching, groping, you know, the shit bodies. like that. Some, some, you know, tatas, some, you know, little <laughs> unders, you know. But like, the there wasn't a lot of 
body horror imagery in it, in my opinion. But I do think that what was done was was done really well. Like I like this, um, like when the tentacles wrap around his face. I like the speed mm-hmm. up and the way they kind of transition the film there. And um, yeah, I mean, it was all good. It was all great. Um, but it was like there wasn't a whole lot, in my opinion. I uh, my my favorite is the most subtle one towards the beginning when he just puts his fingers on the buttons and you're like, wait, those buttons look a little soft. A little mushy. And then he just starts, he just starts pushing on them a little bit and you're like, oh, wait, what? You clutch your pearls. My stars. Um, I, but I love how each time he has one of these nightmares, the, the horror of it, progresses further and further um and i i think like like i've said way too many times at this point uh chase williamson i think is just a really good actor and uh i i think he really sells the uh the uh the the trauma that these nightmares are are having on him um yeah, dude, I, I really, I, I'm so bummed that the the amount of notes that I have for this don't don't mash up, don't align with with how much I. So here, a running theory that I had was that maybe this was Graham Skipper trying to say that video games make you closed off. Can can you can you see that at all, or is that just? I think that goes against the whole message at the end. Him trying to chase what he wants to do, which in the end yeah. is being a video game designer. Um, I don't know. It seems like kind of like a like a positive, revelatory kind of moment at the end when he finds out what he wants to do. I don't know if that's. I don't think that's really what he was going for with that, but maybe that like people clutch on to what's what they're comfortable with what they're used to in fear of change and like chasing something that they're uncertain about chasing something that they don't know if they'll be you know successful in um i mean a lot of people cling to nostalgia because it's something that they're used to and like people don't like change and people so, yeah, so you know? it, it, it's a fear of forward momentum into a world that you're not as comfortable with or not as not a not fear as... of forward momentum but a fear of failing in achieving forward momentum like if like i'd rather be stagnant and the same than try to go forward and fail which is how i feel because like at least if i'm right now yeah i mean hey we've all we've all been there dude like i think everybody goes through that at least once i think most people go through it multiple times in their life so like it's a completely normal thing but a movie like this definitely makes you look in i think and kind of like project your you know personal feelings and shit that's going on like i said walking that gray area doing what's right what's wrong that's kind of the stuff that i projected onto the film in my own thoughts but yeah, dude, it's. I think this movie could be deeper than it wants to be, but it is very fucking confusing. 
It it's very confusing. A lot of slow motion too. A little, a little too much slow motion. <laughs> We're getting in Zack Snyder territory now at this point. But so you know that that's something that I picked up on. But for me, that was a pro. So it's in, it's and obviously you know again back to subjectivity. But it's interesting how one person views something as interesting and visually aesthetic, and another person views it as unnecessary and over the top. Mm-hmm. But um, coming into this, I had so much more to say about this movie. And now I'm feeling like everything that I had to say was either incorrect or we've already covered it. This is a movie I think you need to watch definitely multiple times to like get a grasp on what you think. And you did. I you did like, three fucking times. You did three fucking times. But you're also I, like you're also like seven Ronies deep, dude. So like I I watched this movie the day it premiered on Shutter. And then I watched it, I think maybe two years ago. I watched it at some point during the pandemic. And then this is now my third watch. And every, I just, I feel stonewalled every time I watch it because, and, and maybe that's the problem with, with watching too many like art house movies. You're trying so hard to, to figure something. out what the commentary is so that when someone says, Hey, how was Midsommar or how was Hereditary? You can be like, Well, it's a commentary on the human condition and the nuclear family. You know, like I, I, maybe. Oh shit! You know what? Maybe that's a problem. In, Let's okay. talk about it. Talk so, to me, Brennan. So you know what? Uh, I I was kind of I wasn't I wasn't sure if we were going to bring this up or not, but but I think uh, since we're running out of things to say for sequence break, I think it's fine that we can veer off into derailment for a few minutes. You and I have some issues mm-hmm. with movies. Oh, oh, we, I thought you meant oh, yeah, no, no. I was like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's hash them out, baby. <laughs> You're like, this is the first time hearing about it. Yeah. So my issue is, is singular. And I, and the issue that you have is, is it goes back and forth. But my issue is there are so many, so many tools that filmmakers have now, whether it's in camera or in post-production or, or, or whatever. I'm so tired of indie movies where the filmmakers don't give a shit about color correction, about proper lighting, about proper framing, about making your... If you're going to make an independent movie... Look, fucking your next independent movie. Is it, though? It was. It was. It was independently funded. Um, there's, there are so many... Uh, okay, I'll do you one better then. Fuck, fuck your next. The Innkeepers, the movie Ty West made before that. Independent mm. movie. Like, there are so many tools and tricks that it, you fucking go on YouTube, type in how to make movie look film, and you will get a thousand videos about how to properly color correct, or if you're doing the cinematography yourself, what, what, how to set your camera functions properly to make your movie look good. There was a movie, I'm not going to say the name that I viewed at panic fest Same. that I want that I, the Bigfoot trap. Um, I watched it and I was in the message of the movie was so good and the writing was good, but it just looked so cheap that I, and this all spawned off. Cause you asked me or you asked me if I had heard of a movie from 2015 called 
Butt munch. What was it? Butt munch. He says. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it he- was head- called um, headless. Yeah, headless. headless. And I watched the trailer, and I was so immediately turned off because why though? Why? It looks. It's. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna TM this right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trademark this. This is a ruminations of red rum TM. And Stamp on it, it. You know, this is an RRN TM. It has Tubi Vision. It looks like mm. a movie that was made for 50 bucks by Addison Banek. And I take that. I, I feel bad that I said that. He's a nice guy. I honestly um, did not get that vibe from the trailer. I thought it looked pretty. So I'm on the other side of the fence on this one. Like, I saw the trailer for Headless and I thought it looked pretty interesting. And it's got a pretty shitty rating on Letterboxd. It's got a 2.7. But um, I, I don't know. I thought it looked cool. And I thought the, like, the character design looked really cool, too. Um, with like the little skull guy and then the big skull guy. And they're all slashing people. Like, See, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't even get that far in the trailer. I was so pissed off. Oh, okay. Okay. So you stopped pretty early. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it looked interesting. But subjective subjective but uh let's get into our um to our uh our duo gripe i think um when films have the headline the most shocking film you've ever seen when no it's not it's not it's like when every burger place in your town says (laughs) the best burger in town when you have seven places that say the best burger in town it loses its value it doesn't Dude, mean anything anymore. The the amount of pizza places that surround Penn Station in New York, the central hub of New York, that say voted number one best pizza in New York. I'm like, but what about that fucking place? What about the place across the street? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm getting tired of seeing... The, the reason why I'm getting tired of seeing that, like, headline on, like, a box or whatever is because nine times out of ten... It's for a movie that just does not deserve that headline. Like more than like, like more like especially the film that you're watching does not deserve that headline. And it's it's just annoying. It's just aggravating. I'm just I don't know. There there's a new film that is either coming out or it came out already. Uh, I think it's called uh, Soft and Quiet, or I'm, I'm I think I'm mixing the name up with another movie, but it's about small town racism. And everyone on TikTok is saying this is uh, not only are they saying it's the scariest movie ever, they're saying this is the most disturbing movie ever. Or there's like a challenge where like I dare you to get through thirty minutes of this, bro. You know how many fucking shootings I've seen on TikTok, I've seen on fucking Facebook Reels or Instagram Reels, like people being racist isn't shocking. Yeah, I watched I watched uh, a fucking black guy. I've watched a um a white guy call a black cop a piece of shit for being at the pride thing. He called him a black piece of shit for being at the pride event down the street. It's fucking every day. It's unfortunate. It's fucking awful. It needs to stop. But it's not it like to say this whole disturbing thing is so frustrating. I in the the example that I sent you that I appreciate is there was a movie from 2007 called Freak Show. And it was a it was a reimagining of of Todd Browning's 1932 film Freaks, which is a great film if you haven't seen. Highly recommend it. And it's banned in 43 countries. That's mostly because it was 2007, and there's a lot of fucking nipples in it. 
and there were a lot of countries that banned it because of indecency. But saying banned in 43 countries is so much cooler and so much like more like feel makes it feel more naughty. And I, I, I hate to use that word, but it's like, oh, this is banned in 43 countries, but I can see it. Let me see why, you know? Yeah, same thing with a Serbian film. When they said it was like banned in the U.S. or something, or banned, it's not that bad. Like I get, like I get why it's bad. There is one scene in particular that's pretty fucking bad, and just like even like the thought of it is bad, terrible, horrible. But I don't know. But I mean, the movie we're covering. <laughs> Let's get into sequence break, guys. Let's let's get into our final thoughts. Yeah, I think that's fine. And rating. <laughs> Thank you for saving this conversation. <laughs> I just thought about it. Final thoughts and rating for say no, it's fine. We're just going on a tangent. It's fine. I'll let you go first. No, I'll let you go first. Um I like this movie. I like it a lot. I feel bad that I don't have a lot to say about it, other than I like it. I would own a physical copy. Still don't understand it. I appreciate your interpretation of it. And next time I rewatch it, uh, that's the, cause I, I'm going to rewatch it. I really like the visuals of this film. And, uh, I like, uh, Fabian. Um, I'm, I've been going back and forth on the rating that I'm going to give it. I, I think I know what you're going back and forth on. Between a 3.5 and a four. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think because I'm giving it a heart, I feel better giving it I feel better to give it a 3.5 and a heart than a 4 with no heart. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 with a heart. Okay. Um I did not enjoy the film that much. There's a lot of stuff I did enjoy about it. Um I thought all the performances from the entire cast were great. Uh, they were the main reason why I stayed engaged. Um, everything else was, it just didn't appeal to me. And on a level of, I was just kind of bored with the film. And I don't mean to like knock it, but yeah, I just, this film just wasn't for me. That That's just really what it comes down to. But I, but I do enjoy all the performances and there are some cool visuals. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I got to go with a no on this one. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5. I'm sorry, Brendan. I'm sorry. Oh, I did the math wrong. Hold on. So it gets a three. It gets a three. Yes, I accidentally, because I'm so used to having a third person here, I divided it by three. And because you're host and there isn't a third person to break the tie, I'm going to go ahead and give it a heart. So it's oh, three and a heart for the cast. You. I appreciate that. And fuck you, Ian. Fuck bitch. Going on vacation or or your fucking fucking Leonardo DiCaprio ass fucking. Where did he go? Stuff. Thailand? I don't know, dude. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Um But anyways, before we get into the world's greatest game show, and before we can see if Kyle can go two weeks in a row with a W fourteen. We're days. gonna we're going to take a Ruminations of Red Rum official thick piss break. Please enjoy an ad from the Rumination Radio Network and the other shows that we have on here. 
What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And welcome back. Hope you had a great thick piss. I know I did. Uh, and uh, just a little word for my producers. Um, the current score is five all. That's five Kyle, five Ian, five me. I hope I can pull the W out. And uh, like last episode, we are doing what's in the box. Oh, if you don't know what the show is, let me tell you real quick. What's in the box is... So there's an app called Letterboxd, okay? And it's a great app. And basically... You watch a film, you go in there, you're rated a zero out of five stars. You can put a heart there if you want, like we did for this movie. Um, and uh, Letterboxd, you see, they aggregate the score based on everyone who, who gives it a star. <laughs> and uh, that's how you get your star rating. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to our uh, listeners out there who rated us on Apple Podcasts. And for this game alone. They love what's in the box. <laughs> so, hey, shout out to you. You're amazing. We do it for you. We only do it for you. Just for you. No one else. Not a single other listener. Just you. Sorry, go ahead. I think my mom also. You know, whenever I talk about these episodes with my mom, she never brings up this game. So, uh, mom, what are you doing? What are you doing? You got to fucking root for me. Like, Start writing in to ruminationsofredrum <laughs> at gmail.com. Give us some suggestions for films and we'll throw it in here. Exactly. Um, But it's time to start the game. Uh, Kyle, since I hosted, if you would like to go first, or this is your little coin toss here. If you want to go first, you can. I'll let you pick. Do you want to go, go first? I'll go first. Okay. All right. Tagline, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Still, still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Are you are you keeping track? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say. 3.1. This feels like it's on the fence. Brendan gets the point. It is at 2.9. Guess the decade. 90s. Incorrect. It is the 2023 film directed by Rob Savage, The Boogeyman, in theaters now. Uh, I was on the fence about seeing that because his last movie, Dash Cam, was goddamn abysmal. Yeah, I kind of want to just go see it just to support Horan haters but fair um, support support stevie king yeah i heard it's on the fence though with most people yeah all right my turn tagline don't bury me i'm not dead and that's an ellipses and not a comma that it might have sounded like (laughs) a harvard anthropologist is sent to haiti to retrieve a strange powder that is said to have the power to bring human beings back from the dead in his quest to find the miracle drug, the cynical scientist enters the rarely seen netherworld of walking zombies, blood rites, and ancient curses. Based on the true life experiences of Wade Davis and filmed on location in Haiti, it's a frightening excursion into black magic and the supernatural. And a film that I have requested at least 20 times at this point. It's got to be a 90s film, right? Um... We're not at the decade yet. 
I know. Calm, just, calm I'm your just brainstorming. Just brainstorming. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with 3.2. Jesus fucking Christ. You can get it on the dot. Oh! Guess the decade. 90s. Thank God you're wrong. It's the 1988 film Serpent in the Rainbow, Rainbow written yep. and directed by Wes Craven. Okay. I got the double. I'll take it. Number two. Tagline. She is waiting for him, but she does not know what is waiting for her. Neither do you. In a desolate community, in a desolate community full of drug-addled marines and rumors of kidnappings, a wild-eyed stoner named Lou wakes up after a crazy night of partying with symptoms of a strange illness and reoccurring visions. As she struggles to get a grip on reality, the stories of conspiracy spread. I have no clue. Uh, I'm going to say 3.3. That is incorrect. I know. It is sitting at a 2.6. Guess the decade. So it's a war movie. I bet you it's an anti-war movie. Uh, I'm going to say 2000s. Incorrect. It is the 2016 film directed by Danny Perez, Anti-Birth. Oh, that's an Israeli movie, isn't it? I think so. I don't know, actually, at all, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking of Prevenge, I think. Hmm. Uh, all right, Kyle 2, Brendan 1, number 2 on me. Uh, tagline, evil comes in all sizes. Ooh, and it also comes in I got aroused. Oh, oh. <laughs> did you say little boys? <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's, evil. it's evil, yeah. Oh god, I'm not aroused. Never mind, I'm not aroused. <laughs> um okay. A Jewish puppet master who's discovered the secret to creating living puppets commits suicide to avoid capture by the Nazis and hides his beloved and harmless puppets uh puppet children in a California hotel. Why would the Nazis be in California? Yeah, it's um years later it okay. Um, years later, a cult of magicians arrive at the hotel under the invitation of an ex-member who betrayed them all, only to find that he's dead, and that the living puppets, under the influence of a new puppet master, have turned murderous. Oh, that is that is such California a puppet masters, Nazis, Nazis. There's magic involved, right? There's magic. There's magic. Um, I I want to see it. I'll say that much. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll give you a hint. There's a video game coming out about it. In the is next there really? Months. There um, is. I'm gonna. I wish it was like a 3.5, but I don't think it's gonna be that high. Um, I'm gonna go like 2.9. You get a point. It is a 2.7. Guess the decade. This is gotta be 90s right like you can't have nazis and witchcraft and california you know you can't have all that in 80s is it no it can't be that old because they're making a video well 90s i'm gonna stick with 90s it is the 1989 film puppet master oh puppet master ian would have guessed that he loves that movie yeah he, gotcha. he gave it a oh he hasn't rated it on letterboxd 
I know he likes have, it though. Have you seen uh, Puppet Master Last Reich? I've the never seen one? Puppet Master. Dude, the newest one is fucking great. It's by um, S. Craig Zoller, the guy who did Dragged Across Concrete, Bone Tomahawk, uh, Brawl and Saltbuck 99. Okay. So okay. fucking good. Yeah, I know Ian's been trying to cover Pushmaster on here for a while. So, Puppet uh, Master? Yeah. I would cover Puppet Master. If we covered the newest Puppet Master, I would be so down. <laughs> we'll have to get him to host it. Okay. Number three. Number three. Uh, score Kyle three, Brendan one. No tagline. In pursuit of an unclaimed $125,000 prize, a broke college dropout decides to play an obscure 1980s survival computer game, but the game curses her, and she's faced with dangerous choices and reality-warping challenges. After a series of unexpectedly terrifying moments, she realizes she's no longer playing for the money, but for her life. If this is choose or die, I'm going to get on a plane right now and come out to Tucson and slap you. Uh, 3.1. That is incorrect. It is 2.1. Guess the decade. 2020s. It is the 2020s. Brennan gets a point. He also has the chance to get a follow-up point. Guess the year. 2022. Also correct, it is the 2022 film directed by Toby Meekins, Choose or Die. You promised me a trip out to Tucson, (laughs) so I'm expecting that uh, anytime now. So you let me know. I'll even take the slap. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Jesus Christ. So does that put you ahead? Uh, ties. <laughs> oh, ties. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I knew I was sequence break. The second I heard that I was like, it's choose or die. Yeah. Um, tagline, what you know about fear doesn't even come close. Ooh. After picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed, uh, chainsaw wielding massacre and his family of equally wielding of equally psychopathic killers. Can you say the first sentence again? It's all one sentence. Tell me when to stop. After okay. picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw okay. wielding. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the remake. Um, three point nine you are incorrect guess the decade is it the re- no it's not the remake right they don't pick up a hitchhiker i didn't mean to shake my head oh shit uh guess the decade 2020s no wait Fuck. 2020s <laughs> 2020s oh, oh wait, wait you said 20 2020s Wait, did you shake your... Oh, wait, hold on. No, 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 hold on. Night, the 80s. 80s. 80s? Is that your final answer? Yes. Looks like we're both going to have to pick another movie because that is incorrect. It is 2003's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think we're just going to have to take a tie on this one. 
Or we're gonna in both get ahead of Ian. You yeah, know I what? think that's what we're gonna have to do. Yeah. You know what? So the final score is three three. Year to date, Kyle six, Brennan six, Ian five. Ian would be so pissed. <laughs> but fuck him. He's gonna say we rigged it. It is what it is. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. It's not like he even listens, so he wouldn't even know. Yeah. All right. So good game. GG's. Ian, your dog water, trash, uh, touch grass. Um, this has been another episode of Rumations of Red Rum. The, uh, the, the, the squishy nipple buttons, the squishy nipple buttons of the room of the Ruminations Radio Network. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, give us a rating on Spotify or. Amazon Podcast or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, uh, I forgot to say this last episode, give us a follow on uh, on on the Twitters. Um, it's uh, of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. And the OF does not, I repeat, does not stand for OnlyFans. If you want us to do that, let us know. I'll show my butthole. Kyle might show his. Ian, I don't know about him. Uh, and also, uh, you can join our Discord and like recommend movies, and we'll totally cover them. Like anything, we'll do it as long as we can easily access them. Uh, I have been your host, Brendan. I almost said the new blood again. Mr. I, I felt it coming again, dude. I <laughs> felt it off the tip of your tongue. Sorry. Guys. Oh, Mr. Fantastic, and with us, as always, the slick black Cadillac. The man with the snapback is Kyle with a K. Stay spooky, folks. Then hail Ratma and uh, fuck space. That's what I also say. Mm-hmm.